Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Steve, and I'm one of the teaching team here at LBCF. Hey, look familiar? <laughs> it, it has been for me over a year uh, since I have been inside this building. But interestingly enough, um, it's a reminder to me that church is not the building, uh, it's the people. And I'm definitely missing all of you. We've got a couple that, that, that are here, but uh, we just want to say how much we appreciate, um, how much I miss you guys and miss... Uh, us all being here here together. So we're just coming out of, of, of Easter and, and uh, we're experiencing um, or, you know, we've celebrated the risen life of, of Jesus. And so how do we live our new life in Christ when our negative thoughts and emotions isolate us from experiencing God's love? You know, as we're coming into, I guess, greener pastures um, as it relates to the pandemic and, you know, vaccines are being disseminated, um, you know, we're going to be opening up in a little bit uh, based on what the governor is telling us uh, in, in June. And so I wanted to take a moment myself to reflect, uh, reflect the past year plus uh, while we have been in this pandemic. And and I've encountered a, a range of emotions as throughout this past year. And that's not to say I didn't experience these emotions before that. Uh, however, it just seems to have really intensified uh, during this past year. And so here's some of the emotions that, that, that just been, have been really intense for me uh, this past year. Uh, frustration, anger, despair, hopelessness, guilt, shame, discouragement, fear, anxiety, isolation. And as I was just listing down this list and really thinking about it, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with my wife, Cicel, as um, we, were, we, were driving, we were driving home. And Cicel has always been one to think about the future and have plans for the, the future and and I was enough. I was honest enough to tell her, "It's like, man, I'm glad you're dreaming for the both of us because right now, I feel like I'm surviving day to day, and I can't even dream." And thinking about that, and just in my mind wondering why, it wasn't until I listed all these emotions that I figured out, man, these are the things, these are the emotions that persist even to this day. And I know that I'm not the only one. There may be some of you that are feeling one, two, three of these emotions, maybe all of the above. And as we think about those emotions and those negative thought patterns that we focus on, we are, you know, we are encouraged to not only celebrate the new life that Jesus gives us, but we are encouraged to live out that life in, in, in the areas in the areas that we work, 
live and play. And, and yet we are still battling these emotions. We're still battling these thoughts. So again, I pose for us the question, you know, how can we live out our calling in this new life in Christ that, that Jesus provides to us through his death? How can we live that out in the lives of others when we ourselves are dealing with those constant thoughts, emotions uh, that isolate us from experiencing his love? You know, we're going to focus our teaching today on John chapter 22, John chapter 21, excuse me, verses 15 and 19. And let's go ahead and let's put that up on the screen, Matt. John 21, 15 to 19. And it says this, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question for a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. You know, I look at this passage of scripture and just to give it a little bit of context of where we're at, uh, Jesus has, um, Jesus is visiting this group of disciples for a third time. And before this happens, Jesus appears to him twice. And at this time, Peter decides to pretty much after seeing the resurrected Christ and experiencing uh, prior to this time, a couple other times, he decides to go back to what he knows. He decides to go back to go back fishing. And he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back fishing. And so the disciples follow him fishing. And so as they're on the, the water and, and, and they're fishing, um, they're not catching anything. Uh, they're fishing through the night. They're not catching, again, they're not catching at anything. And, and I see Peter going back to this and the disciples going back to this. And, and I'm seeing them going back to this this uh, this profession that they know of fishing. fishing. And it's, it's almost like they're going back to their old life, right? Like they've lost their sense of mission, their sense of calling, their sense of purpose, because Jesus, who had been with them every single day, Jesus, who had provided for them, coached them, mentored them, took care of them, taught them, this Jesus wasn't there for them every day like he was before. Yes, he was arisen and he's alive, but still they were not seeing him with the same level of frequency that they did see him before. And because of that, they were just like, all right, well, you know what? Let's just kind of go back to what we know. And so as they're fishing, they're not catching any fish and they're fishing all night until we get to the morning. Then afar off, someone cries out to them and asks them, hey, you know what? Have you caught anything? 
and they haven't caught anything. And, and so Jesus tells them, hey, you know what? Instead of the right side uh, of, of the boat, go ahead and cast that on the other side of the boat. Interestingly enough, people uh, fish on, I believe, the, the left side because the steering mechanism for the boat was on the other side. So it didn't really. Um, so what what happened is that when they went fishing, they would go on the opposite side of that. But Jesus was saying, hey, you know what? You hadn't caught anything on this side. Why don't you try going to the opposite side? And so they went ahead and they did that. And, and obviously a miracle uh, took place and where they were able to cost so much fish. And it was because of that miracle, John identified immediately that it was Jesus on the shore. And as Jesus on the shore, Peter was, was being the impulsive person that he is, jumped in the water, swam towards Jesus, the rest in the boat, they were rowing towards the shore. And as they all made it to the shore, interestingly enough, here's the little, what I call the hidden miracle. Here it is that Jesus already had breakfast waiting for him. He already had fish. He already had bread waiting for him. He, he, he was serving up some serious fish sandwiches, right? So he had that all set up and, and ready for them. And so they come and they're, they're enjoying that time. Uh, they're enjoying that time together with Jesus once again. And so I feel like this is a backdrop to the commissioning or the recommissioning of Peter, because at this point, Jesus asked Peter these three questions that are the same question, which is Peter, Son of Jonah, do you love me? You know, interestingly, if you look at this passage uh, of, of scripture, you see this and, you know, if we're just kind of looking at it, you know, it does seem pretty repetitive, the questions and also the answering uh, that's coming from Peter. But what I find interesting is that the word love used by both Peter and Jesus are different Greek words that are used um, during this passage. And so the first time when Jesus asked Peter, hey, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? These meaning uh, uh, the disciples that were with him. Some scholars believe that these meant you know, the fishing life or that those things associated with the fishing pr uh, profession. And so when Jesus is asking the question, do you love me? He's asking Peter, are you devoted to me and to what and to the calling I have for you to do to this new life that I have for you? And Jesus replies, Jesus, I mean, and Peter replies, he says, yes, I do love you. But understand the love that Peter uses is different from that devotion of love that Jesus is talking about. The love that Peter is using is uh, comes from a different Greek word, phileo, which means, yeah, I love you as a, as a close friend. So imagine that. Kind of picture this for a minute. Imagine if I go to my wife, uh, if I imagine I go to Cicel and, and I say, Cicel, you know what? I, I love you. And then she responds back to me. Yeah, you know what, Steve, I love you, too, as a close friend. What? <laughs> I, I, it's like I got friend zoned by my own wife. <laughs> but that's similar to what's happening here in the scripture where Jesus asked again the question, Peter, the question a second time. He says, uh, Simon, a son of John, do you love me? Are you devoted to me? Are you devoted to the life that I have for you? And Peter responds again, hey, Peter, uh, hey, Jesus, 
You know I love you. You know I love you like a, like a close friend. You know we're homies, right? And then Jesus asked the question again. But even in this, when Jesus asked the question, the verb for love that he uses changes to make sure that it's at the level of understanding where Peter was understanding what Jesus was asking. Jesus said, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me like a close friend? And then Peter, you can understand, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty hurt. And I understand why he's hurt because you have to picture this. Remember, Peter was the one who betrayed Jesus weeks ago. And he did it not once, not twice, but three times. And so imagine the guilt, imagine the shame, imagine the humiliation, imagine those things that are playing in his mind that are now being brought again to the surface when Jesus is asking him this question, Peter, Simon, do you love me? And then that's where it brings off Peter and says, hey, you know what? You know all things. You know that I love you. And as a result of him answering these questions, Jesus says, feed my sheep. You know, interesting in this interaction, and I wish I can take credit for this, uh, but, but I can't. But in, 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 in listening to different um, messages relating to this passage, it's interesting when Jesus asked this of Peter, Jesus is not saying, hey, you know what? Do you love me? And if you say yes, OK, prove it to me by feeding my sheep. And then once you prove it to me, then I'll love you. That's that's not what that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is Jesus is saying, Peter, I love you. I choose you. I, I've restored you. I've paid for you through what I've done on the cross. And I've showed you that I love you. I showed you that even though you've betrayed me, even though you may have spoken out of turn, even though uh, you have feel those feelings of guilt and, and of shame and, and, and you've lost your sense of mission, you've lost your sense of, of purpose and, and you're not looking at that life that I've called you to live, understand still, Peter, I love you. And the question is for you, Peter, is do you love me? Do you love me? You know, so I see this when Jesus is asking that question. Jesus is not asking if we love him to entrap us or for us to feel enslaved or indebted to him, even though we are indebted to him for what he's done. But what God, what, what Jesus loved does for us and what Jesus did a love did for Peter at that time was it actually freed him from the shame from the guilt the humiliation the past transgressions it freed Peter to love him back and the natural outpouring of that love was to feed his sheep my friends we deal a lot we deal a lot with our thoughts and our, and our, and our emotions and our guilt and, and it's rooted in things that we've done and have not done. And, and we disqualify ourselves 
preemptively from living the life that God has called us to live because we don't believe that Jesus loves us the way he does. And Jesus, what he's telling us is that I love you warts and all, negative emotions and all, hangups, hiccups, all that. I love you and I prove that to you that I love you. And the question I have for you is because I loved you, do you love me? 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he loved us first. John, verse John 4, 9 and 10 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away the sins, take away our sins. My friends, let me, let me reiterate, if you get nothing else out of this message today, understand this. We do not have to do anything to earn God's love. We can't out-earn God's love. However, what we can do is what we can be reminded of as we're constantly to this point dealing with our guilt, dealing with our shame, dealing with our our. our, our our, our humiliation, our discouragement, our discouragement, as we are constantly working through those and dealing with, with those things, Jesus is saying, in the midst of all that, I love you, I choose you, and I've restored you. Thomas Burton, he writes, and he says, the root of Christianity is not the will to love, but the faith that one is loved. And we are loved. You know, as I was taking uh, introspection of, again, writing down these emotions, I, I, I went a little step further and, and um, just wanted to see, man, what are those things that, what are those negative emotions that I've listed before that, I've just been feeling so intensely throughout this past year. Like, what have they been rooted in? And, and I'm very, even to this point, honestly, I'm very reluctant to, 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 to share because for me, it's like, in my mind, almost next level vulnerability. And it's like, it's one thing if everybody was in the building, but it's like, okay, it's on the internet. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, it, it makes me a little bit more nervous, but I do feel the need to call to call them out because they need to be called out. And those are the things that are keeping me at times from answering the question the way Jesus wants us to answer the question of if we love him. And so I wrote down, I wrote down a couple of these things in terms of like what, what are you know, what thoughts that these emotions that I'm feeling with are, are, are coming from. Um, I wrote self-confidence uh, to take appropriate risks, self-doubt, insignificance, here's, here's, a, here's a big one that I'm still, I've come a long way, but uh, 
no authority or credibility without a title, either um, professional uh, or or ministry. And it's funny, something something came up uh, recently where you know I've been given an opportunity to you know teach at my old church that I grew up with in New York, and you know as they're preparing the the as they're preparing the uh, the I guess the marketing materials, they have all the list of the speakers for that weekend. They have it on a flyer, and so you know I see all the speakers. There's like got five in total, and um, you know you have you know you've got minister, you got doctor, you got pastor, you know you got another minister, and then you know my name pops up and it's just you know brother. You know, and, and, and 10 years ago, I will tell you, 10 plus years ago, I mean, that, you know, that really, really would have tripped me up. And, and you know, I'm just grateful to where I've come from that point, you know, but still it kind of like irks me, not irks me, but it just kind of gets you a little bit because I wonder, would I have the same level of impact or credibility or whatever it is that you want to call it, you know, will, will people respond and basically be like, hey, you know what, man, who's, who's this dude? He doesn't have anything, who's, who's this dude? Sometimes that trips me up. <laughs> However, do you know what you know what Jesus told me yesterday? He said, Steve, you know what? I love you. You've got nothing to prove. I love you. I've chosen you. I've restored you. So then the question becomes to me and the challenge becomes to me. So do you love me more than these things? And yesterday again, I had to say, yes. You know all things. Jesus, you know all things. I love you. He says, good. Now feed my sheep. You know, we may be feeling some of these things. We may be feeling discouragement, shame, guilt, loneliness, isolation. And those things keep us from experiencing, those things keep us from experiencing the life that he's called us to live. And so what Jesus did, as he did with Peter and understand when he, when, when, when 
Jesus asked Peter the third time if he loved him as a close friend. Jesus wasn't downgrading his love. He wasn't downgrading his love at all. He was just communicating in a way in which Peter understood truly what he was asking, truly what that devotion looked like. And with all those things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, even to this point, Jesus is saying to us, Again, I love you. I've chosen you. I've restored you. We're, we're good. You don't have to prove yourself to me. We're, we're, we're good. The question now becomes with that being taken care of, do you love me? And if you do, if you say you do, if you say yes, Feed my sheep. Do the things that Hannah read earlier in Romans chapter 12. Maybe you're on the flip side. Maybe you're maybe you're saying, hey, you know what? Throughout this last year, you know, I've actually did pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. And, you know, there may be like one or two things. But for the most part, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm great. Got this awesome life. You know, I've got the material success and wealth that I that 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 I have, and I, I, I I'm really good. You know, can I tell you this? Because what happens is that we can get so wrapped up in things being good and happy in our material wealth that we still forget our mission and our calling and and the life that God God calls us to live. And so what Jesus is saying as well to us that are experiencing the high life, hey, that's great, that's wonderful, but I have the same question to you. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? You know, Peter's life was fundamentally changed after that encounter, because it was in that moment he realized what his calling was. He realized what his mission was. He realized at that point what it looked like for him to live the new resurrected life that Jesus provides for us as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection to this point. And my friends, This is what we could look forward to in living out this um, awesome, wonderful, impactful life that God has called us to live. If we answer with the answer, if we answer yes to the question when Jesus asks us, do you love me? Are you devoted to me and devoted to the life that I'm calling you to live? Do you love me? My friends, Jesus's love secures us and liberates us from our negative thoughts, patterns, and emotions that we feel even to this day, it's ongoing, and restores us in order to live out the new and resurrected life in Christ by serving the people in the areas that we work live and play. Galatians 2.20 says, my old self 
has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, here's the key, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want us to do something. Just engage in a, in, in a mini practice. It's kind of like a two-part practice. Go ahead and, and put your hands out in front of you. Right? And as you put your hands out in front of you, imagine in your hands those negative thought patterns, those um, resulting emotions, those feelings of maybe self-worthlessness, of remaining isolated, those things that derail us from living are uh, living the life that God has wanted us to live. And go ahead and close your hands. Once you have that, imagine those. Just squeeze them tight, tight, tight. Squeeze them as tight as you can, as tight as you can. Guilt, shame, uh, uh, loneliness, embarrassment, humiliation, uh, anger, uh, just don't let everything. Just put that in your hands. Self, self lack of self confidence, fear of loss, anxiety. Put that all in that. Just focus that all in your hands. Go ahead and squeeze that, squeeze that, squeeze it tight. As you're squeezing, imagine Jesus asking you this question. Imagine Jesus saying, I love you. I choose you. I've restored you. Do you love me more than these? And if your answer is yes, release your hands. Second part of the practice, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, and with what you have, and what, when you've released that, if you said, yes, yes, Lord, you know all things, you know my hangups, you know what I'm struggling with even to this day, but yes, Lord, I love you, and I wanna feed your sheep, yes. Can I ask you to put that in the chat? Whether you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, I don't know if we could you know, um, put comments on YouTube. But can I challenge you to take that step and just write in there, just simply, yes. Yes. If you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, if you want to know what it's like to live this new resurrected life, to 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 uh, put aside your old manner of, of, of how you're living and to embrace this new life that God has for you and, and, and you're willing to say yes to that, Go ahead and put that in the main chat. Say put yes and then in parentheses, put in there first time. If you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you and we want to pray for you. Somebody on our prayer team will reach out to you. But go ahead and put that in the chat. Go ahead and put yes for the first time. For those that know Christ already, but we're still holding on to things that we want to release those things to God. And when we say we choose and we say yes to Jesus today, put that in the main chat. Yes. And we're seeing it filling up the chat right now. We're seeing people putting in the chat right now, which is awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. For those of us 
that have said yes, we have the opportunity to partake in, in communion. And for those that have your elements, go ahead and take out your elements. This is one of the pleasures, this is one of the joys that we get as those that say yes to Jesus to commune with him and to celebrate his life and his death and his, his, his resurrection through, uh, through us taking communion together. And 1 John, and we can put that up, Matt, on the screen, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 26 uh, says, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new, is the new covenant between God and his people. And an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. My friends, as we close, imagine, what if, imagine, what would it look like for us as those who believe in the way, that believe in the risen Jesus? What would it look like for us to each and every day answer the question that Jesus asks to us? Do you love me? What would it mean for us to say yes to that? Imagine the life that we can live as we serve others, as we're living into these, as we're living into the calling and the mission and the purpose that Jesus has for each and every one of us. Imagine the life of blessing, of joy, of perseverance, of, of patience, of faith, of growth. Imagine the life that we can have as we serve, as we minister to others. Imagine what it would look like when we all return to this sanctuary and we can share the glory and we can share the thanks and we can share of the blessing that happens and continues to happen when we continue to say, yes, Jesus, yes, I love you. And Father, we thank you and are grateful that you love us. We love because you first love us. And so Lord, as we look moving forward in the better normal, as we look to the better normal in the days ahead, as we emerge from these crises, as we engage, as we engage the problems of our day, as we engage what goes on in our homes and what goes on in our own thoughts and what goes on in our own emotions, we continue to say yes to you. In Jesus' name.